Welcome to Capital P and People Work. I'm your host, Gabby Lubin, and I'm a three-time burnt-out professional. I say that because it's my mission in life to co-create a world where burnout is the exception, not the norm. That's why I've brought you a full season on Capital P of episodes that center on workplace wellness. Together, we'll dive into what it means to really walk the walk of wellness in the workplace. Join me in chatting with people leaders, wellness CEOs, and workplace wellness providers to learn about all that there is in workplace wellness. Let's dig into the topic for today. Today, I am joined by Thomas Igeme. He is a serial entrepreneur and the founder and chairperson of TL Partners, a leadership and inclusion consulting and training company that focuses on managing energy and wellness as a core ingredient to professional development. Thomas also co-founded Tribe, an AI-powered leadership development coach. Most recently, Thomas served as head of talent at Turn slash River Capital, a $3 billion private equity firm in SF, where he played a pivotal role in talent acquisition and development. His career has included leadership positions at ServiceNow, LinkedIn, and the Boston Consulting Group. Committed to giving back, Thomas serves on the board of FACES SF, a nonprofit supporting early childhood education for low-income families in San Francisco. He is a founding trustee of the Luai Loom Legacy Foundation, contributing to lasting social impact. He also serves as an adjunct professor of business and leadership studies at Stanford University. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. We're honored to have you. I'm really happy to be here. Fabulous. Well, I just read a wonderful long list of incredible accomplishments. And as much as we want to dig into all that very soon, we also want to make sure we value you as a human. So Thomas, share with us, who are you as a human? That's a really big question. Um, Who am I as a human? Uh, But a couple of things come to mind. Um, I'm an immigrant. Um, I came to the United States at 18. Um, I grew up, was born and raised in Kenya, um, and then came over to Bay Area and haven't left yet. Um, I am curious. Um, A lot of, you read up a bunch of accomplishments, and it's funny, in retrospect, our careers often look like these straight lines, but really, like, I get bored pretty quickly and I love exploring new things. Um, And I've kind of had the gift of being able to just follow where my interest is leading me in the moment. Um, And, you know, I am buttressed by a really incredible community. Um, I'm thinking of my siblings, I'm thinking of my parents, but I'm also thinking of my friends and people around me. One thing that we never talk about, um, or at least never, I don't usually talk about in my bio, is that they've also been lots of dark moments um, on that journey, Um, sometimes caused externally, sometimes even just managing my own mental health, which is part of my passion around wellness. And I would not be here today if it was not for that community. Yeah. Um, Just a little bit about who I am as a human. That's beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that, Thomas, and just doing it. Um, so quickly diving into the wellness component of our conversation today, because it's, uh, I think, really helpful to be transparent in these conversations. And it's easy mm. when we're talking about wellness to, or, well, anything, but also wellness to be talking about, like, I should, or I could, mm. or yeah. look at me, look what I did. And when we do bring in those darker, more challenging, like the real realities of life, that is when 
people make changes. We make changes. We understand ourselves. So I'm excited to get into that. Let's go. Okay. Almost. Before we do, I have to know what is your capital P word for people work right now? How are you thinking about people? Um, hmm. I think the P word that's coming to mind is purpose. Yeah. What is the why? Um, what is the why for people leaders in terms of what they're doing and what they're trying to grow in their companies? Um, what is the why for employees and workers as they're coming into work? Um, and, you know, I, ultimately, like, what is the purpose of the work that we are doing? I think those are, those are big questions I've been wrestling with recently. Yeah. That's great. Um, many people, not many, I'd say like 25, 35% of the people that we've interviewed for um, this part of the podcast, really digging into wellness have shared purpose as their word, which like is no surprise when we understand ourselves better. We understand our purpose better. We can bring that purpose into alignment with what we're doing in our personal and professional lives. So it's just an interesting reflection to, to hear. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just, I want to underscore something you just said, Gabby, which, uh, which is what I've really been thinking about. Um, I, I think we, we all think about purpose, right? There's no like direction that's going to high schoolers now that doesn't mention find your purpose as part of what they should put in their, yeah. um, their application. But I think if I'm honest for me for a long time, that's exactly how I, I thought purpose was something I found outside. And I was looking to what was expected of me, what was available, who my mentors and heroes were. Um, and the last couple of years have kind of found this P purpose that comes from within. Um, and I think that's kind of how you phrased it. What do I want to do? Who am I really? And what is it like for me to live here authentically? Um, and, and I think when you start asking those questions, amazing, amazing things start to happen. A hundred percent. And so now I want to ask, how did you get to this point of um, bringing this into your work, leading a people experience, not internally at a company, but for different companies doing this work? Um, Yeah, I think I've always felt that making work a place that worked for the people who were doing the work um, was something that like really brought me a lot of joy. I remember reading an article, I think it was by Peter Singer, um, when I was in college about work as vocation. Um, and he pointed out something that has never left me, which is that particularly as managers at work or as people who influence other people who are doing work, we have this incredible ability to shape the vast majority of most people's lives in corporate America. And what we do with that affects not just those eight to 10, some some painful times, 12 hours of their day, but the person they are when they leave, the partner they are, the friend they are, um, the parent that they are. And how many people have like gone home and like yelled at their kid and then looked back and it was because they had a really crappy day and being cheated out at work, right? And I'm not going to be so presumptuous as to say that like as managers and leaders, we're responsible for all the families and marriages in the country, but we certainly do have impact. And I've always kind of wanted work to be a place that added to people's lives, not, not take it away. 
But I, I've honestly been searching for the right way to do that. So I kind of started off in consulting. I always felt like I wanted to touch as many businesses as possible. So did that from management consulting lens. Um, then thought it was more effective to do that as a leader internally, did that for a number of years. Then funded to do it on my own for my own company and kind of feel like I had ownership over that. And that was my journey into the startup world. Um, and now I think there's some coming full circle as I kind of start off in management consulting going up to now having my own consulting and training firm, taking kind of what I've learned to really build that into the ecosystem. I think without a loss in the purpose and why, but with an understanding, a much better understanding than I did at 23 of what gets in the way and what makes that really difficult. Yeah. Well, I think it also helps to have had different roles in different kinds yeah. of companies and different levels. Um, it is so wonderful and aspirational to see these young entrepreneurs going out into the workplace and like creating yeah. their own everything. But at the end of the day, if they're looking to make real impact on specifically the workplace, it's hard to do yeah. that without having that understanding. So yeah. it's, it makes a lot of sense that you've had these multiple hats to be able to then put yourself into the shoes of different companies and different people in those companies. But you work specifically right now with more of the leadership versus yeah. the entry employees. So talk to me about like that as a choice, because I'm sure that was incredibly intentional. Yeah, um, I, I honestly... I'm kind of a sucker for impact and scale. Um, I love, another word for that might be lazy. I love high <laughs> ROI. I'm trying to figure out how can we get the biggest amount of impact with the least amount of work? And the truth is leaders have this incredibly disproportionate impact on their organizations. Um, oftentimes that they're completely unaware of. You know, a funny story about that um, was when I worked at LinkedIn, there's one moment where Jeff Wiener, uh, we're presenting a slide with a, um, a mock-up of a new feature. Um, and he goes and he's like, oh, why did we pick that blue? Um, over the next three days, I kid you not, about 50 people across the globe did not sleep in order to completely rework the code so that we could change the blue. <laughs> and when it was presented to him, like the the next update, he was like, wait, why did the color change? And we're like, oh, well, you know, you mentioned you didn't like the blue. And he's like, I was just asking why we <laughs> picked that blue. Um, but, you know, that sounds ridiculous. But like that is the role you have as a leader. You speak and people listen and they follow. And so if I can help those leaders lead from a place of wellness and authenticity and energy themselves. I've just seen that again and again, trickle down through the organization in positive ways. So people are, are like up all night for three days trying to change the color of an icon. I'm about to sneeze apparently. Nope, it's there. All right, <laughs> there's there's the authenticity through the podcast. <laughs> um, that is such a funny story. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I'm watching right now with my, my husband, The Diplomat on Netflix. Mm, yeah. which, have you seen it? I, I, I've not yet finished it. So no spoilers, but I'm I haven't either. six. Okay. okay. You're further than I am. You're further than oh, I yeah. am for sure. Very like West wing energy. And I, we just finished an episode where um, the president and the prime minister are like off kind of doing their thing, just like talking yeah. about trees and everyone else is, is working and getting things done. And it's yeah. just really interesting to realize, not, not saying that leaders don't do things, but mm. they're, 
their influence. They don't really realize exactly how they make an impact on everyone's uh, everyday life. And the five minutes they might be thinking about something is what, like three to five days for some employees, yeah. which is mind blowing. Yeah. And the yeah. impact they could have on their well being, doing so in really intentional ways is just astronomical, which I'm sure you have better numbers um, than astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. <laughs> so um, I'm curious to hear, like, you know, we're kind of talking around this idea of wellness, right? Yeah. It's important for these leaders to have a sense of wellness, a sense of identity, a sense of purpose. Um, How would you define wellness specifically? Because it's, I think it's different for different people. It's also different Mm -hmm. for different generations. How do you think about it with the folks that you work with? Yeah. um, I think about wellness Um, in terms of the moment-to-moment decisions that we make um, to feed ourselves and energize versus deplete at like the highest level. And I often think about it in terms of three buckets, like our mental wellness, um, our physical um, wellness, um, and our kind of emotional wellness as we like go through. And so I work through each of those with leaders, right? The physical wellness is just the part that I think most of us are most aware of, we are embodied beings, um, as, as some wise people wiser than me like to say. And so the way that we treat this body that we find ourselves in deeply affects how we show up. Um, whether that is our ability to like take walks and take breaks, how we breathe, all, all of the stuff that we hear, taking time to meditate. You know, when it comes to the emotional wellness piece, it's really all around, well, what are the um what are the social dynamics at play that promote collaboration and health within the organization or don't. Um, And really that is where I think the impact of leaders is most visibly seen, right? Um, The energy that you walk into and the methodology that you use as you do that. But then finally, and I think this is what is often more rare, at least in the work that we do, is what we call the mental awareness or like the mindset shift that we inquire in leaders. So I fundamentally believe in much the same way that you as the leader are going to have this outsized impact on your organizations based on the decisions you make. Your mindset has this outsized impact on how you see things every day. Do you see a world of opportunity or do you see a world of lack? Um, When you're faced with a problem, do you see a moment to panic or a moment to pause and reconsider? Um, when you run into, um, when you fail and things don't go well, um, do you see a bunch of time wasted or do you perceive lessons learned? And those differences have huge impacts into how the very real up and down experiences that we're all going to change. I'm not a magician, can't change the reality of the business world. And I think we're, we're very much feeling some of those effects right now in terms of unpredictability there, but our ability as leaders to manage those waves and whether they like coast and crush us or allow us to coast through and thus lead our organizations through those like deeply matters. Yeah. Um, I want to pull back what you initially were saying, and it's this idea yeah. of moment to moment. Um, yeah. what, what words were you saying beyond that? I only caught moment to moment. Oh, oh, sorry. I just said it's the moment to moment decisions that we make um, yes. to either energize. So wellness is like when we make a decision to energize. And I'm always like, 
hey, choosing to take that extra cup of water, wellness. Yep. Choosing to take a moment to breathe, wellness. Getting on your Peloton, wellness. Um, you know, that little choosing to smile at the person like in the elevator. Just we all have these little um, interactions every moment of every day to choose to receive energy and give it out or deplete yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think using moment to moment um, is such a powerful way of thinking about it because mm. so many of us um, have been, or met, many of us in business will say, have grown up to be perfectionists in some yeah. way, shape or form. And that provides us this like all or nothing mentality. And it's something yeah. that I've worked with with a lot of our clients specifically as well, where, hey, I'm either like doing the New Year's resolution all a million percent and like, mm. you know, increasing my productivity and my physical appearance and like, you know, check 10 more things off the box from this um, New Year's resolution or I'm not doing it all. And mm. I think bringing into the, into the realm of possibility that it is small decisions, kind of like mm. Atomic habits, small, small moments <laughs> yeah. that that provide you with the opportunity to be more well, like that yeah. frees up so much of our mental space and our anxiety just around thinking about this topic. So I think that's so yeah. powerful. Um, and I want to touch on the fact that like the three things that you pointed out, they're not all dimensions of wellness per se, but those yeah. are the three important things for work. So these aren't necessarily things that you would talk about. I mean, you might talk about them with your therapist, but yeah. you know, you're not these yeah. leaders, ther <laughs> therapists, yeah. and that's a good thing. You need someone else who is helping you think a little bit more strategically about it, pop, you know, in a more strategic way or helping you kind of differentiate um, how you show up. Cause the way that you show yeah. up here and in your head, as I'm pointing to no one yeah. watching, um, and verbally, um, yeah. or in, in words, like it, it really matters. It really does. It really does. And what I found is, um, when we think about, so like we've been talking about wellness, but I'm, I'm a deep believer, um, and, and you mentioned this, thank you, your very, very kind opening, that for us, this really is about business performance and strategy. We're just starting with wellness as the energy um, or as the, the, the buttress of it. And I think the reason we found with that is that for a lot of leaders, it's not that they don't know what to do, it's that they're not doing what they know. There's no like rocket science to a lot of this stuff, to what you're supposed to do in a crisis, you know, to how you want to lead your directs, to how to make sure people feel they, they've collaborated. If I walked up to anyone on the street and asked them, what are the top three things a manager should do um, in order to make sure that people are happy? Most people would get, 80% would get it right. Yeah. And yet though, when faced with the deluge of work and the reality of the economy and the market and the stress of all of those things, we just don't show up at our best. That, that isn't wrong. That is human. But what I found then is reconnecting and figuring out how we energize ourselves just then empowers people to do what they know. And that often is just the difference between being good and being great. Mm. You have so many quotable things here. I love it. The difference between good and great. I just want to yeah. like double click on that. Um, you're right. It, people know what to do. They know enough about what's out there. We're still learning things about ourselves. Like everyone's learning something, but um, it's about like providing the space for yourself to know mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. to actually implement it. 
or yeah. yeah. Huh. So I'm curious what, what has been more challenging to support or to help implement when it comes to mental, physical, and emotional wellness with your um, clients? Interestingly enough, um, what's been most difficult to implement is probably the mental and mindset shift stuff. Although interestingly, it's the stuff that people kind of get pretty intuitively. But like with all of these things, their practices and habits and behaviors. You know, the reason, what's really powerful about it is that any moment we get to make a choice. What's really difficult about it is we've got to keep making the choice moment yeah. to moment. Yeah. And so it's really easy in a room to sit around and talk about the change curve and how we want to show up. And then a crisis falls on your desk, right? And you're yelling at somebody on the team or like choosing to do the thing you know is not really going to help. And like, you know, making everybody like stay up all night in order to get nowhere. Actually changing those behaviors moments to moments takes time and takes practice. And not everybody's kind of, like nearly every leader is kind of willing to sign up for a workshop or training on a time to do this. Not everybody's willing to put in the work over months and sometimes even years to truly become this. And I think with a lot of this stuff, you know, I love the difference between good and great. You are going to get something. Um, it is going to be good enough just by taking a moment to think about it. But the people who are truly great at this stuff, at like living a life of wellness that doesn't just energize them, but energizes the people around them. And we all know what that is, even if we have different words for it. The kind of people who like walk into a room or you're on a call and you just feel like your energy just kind of is lifted a little bit by them or like you see them and you smile. Those kinds of infectious light, like that takes just a commitment to years of practice. And I know not everybody's is excited about going on that journey. Although I've never seen anyone who's gone on it who regrets it. Yeah, I agree with that. Everyone wants to be a better person. It just, yeah. it, it takes work. It's hard to be a good person. It just is. <laughs> um, we had another yeah. um uh, a CEO on our podcast, um, Brent Franzen of most days and mm. really interesting to have a conversation with him. Cause he is, he essentially created a platform, a, an app to help yeah. people make behavior changes, which is really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> it is so hard. So it's interesting to, you know, to just remember one, if you're thinking about, Hey, like I want to be a better person or I want to show up to my workplace and, and gain more energy. Um, yeah. it, it takes time and there's lots of different resources that are out there for you. You don't have to do it by yourself one. Um, but then, you know, just thinking about like giving yourself grace, I feel like is just so, so, so critical in this work. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, thinking again to that all or nothing mindset, the perfectionist yeah. mindset, um, it's really easy to beat ourselves up with, hey, and I did this to myself last night. So I am transparently sharing my faults here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to show up to my family and friends a little bit more as I'm in a little bit of a transition here. And I have a little bit more energy as we're talking about. Yeah. But now my energy has been depleted from something else that I wasn't expecting. So kind of in that, mm. you know, different tumultuous experience. And so, you know, the call that I wanted to make, those thank you notes that I wanted to write, like they're 
they're being postponed. And at the end of the day, like we have to show up with grace to ourselves, knowing that hopefully the people that care about us and the people who are supporting us in our workplaces understand in some way, shape or form, that that's just life. It's just life. Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautifully said. Um, And, you know, this is, you know, this might get a bit esoteric for some, but just being fully honest, for me, the, the, the thing that I find to hold on to in those moments is that I'm trying to be a human being, not a human doing. Mm. It's wonderful for you to want to write notes, thank you notes, and, and kind of reach out and make those calls. But why? Because you want to be a person who shares gratitude and, you know, compassion to the people around you. And that you can choose to be no matter what. And while you may not have been able to get those notes out, et cetera, even the sense in that moment of that's what I would like to do and just a moment of thought of gratitude to them is being who you want to be. Um, and and fundamentally, I think at least that that for me is where the, the grace comes from. At the end of the day, who was I versus what did I do? Human being versus human doing. That needs to be like up up on my wall or something yeah. up on every listener's <laughs> wall here. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Huh? So I'm just kind of like sitting with this for a moment and, yeah. and giving a little bit of space for this. Cause I think it's really important. And the thing that we haven't talked about as much though, um, and you've talked around it a little bit or touched yeah. on it is this idea of energy, right? We've talked yeah. about work being an, an opportunity to create energy in yourself versus deplete energy in yourself, which, you know, I, I got into this work and in these conversations because I experienced burnout in some wild ways. And, Mm. you know, again, transparently, we're just gonna, we're going to unveil everything today. Um, you know, in my most burnt out moments, um, when I was an educator, I was working like, I don't know, 11 hour days. I had like Mm. an hour to myself every day, which included meals, which like, it makes no sense. Had a beer every night. (laughs) I was sleeping like nine and a half to 10 hours, which Mm. my body needed that. Like I could not have less than that. So, um, and I've noticed, you know, that happening in myself at later times. And that to me is like a trigger. Hey, like whatever you're doing for the entire yeah. day, like it is not providing you with the energy to continue being that human versus yeah. the human doing. doing. So yeah. what is there some experience that you had first that helped kind of illuminate this, this need for energy focus for you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, like I said, um, I this this was very theoretically something I was deeply passionate about right from that like Peter Singer article. Um, because you know, that moment of like when you come home from work, who is the person who walks through the door? I've never lost sight of that. Mm. But I think this became really real for me because as I like I I generally thought of that as here's the work I'm doing out in the world. And I had some really painful moments over the last couple of years looking at me like, I don't like the person who is coming through the door at the end of work Um, on multiple fronts and realizing it's like, I bought into this idea that what it means to be a good worker and a good player is leaving it all on the field. Mm -hmm. That like, it was actually a sign of pride to end my day depleted and with nothing else. 
but I just kind of had a moment. I was like, that's not the life I want. And, and really, I, the reason I had that moment of full transparency is because work was going great and everything else was falling apart. Mm. And I had this stark realization that I could get to the end of this story with a career I was really proud of and a life I really didn't like so much. Mm. And that that was not a trade-off I was willing to make. And that's not a trade-off I think anybody should make. I think that work actually in and of itself is meant to be something that gives us joy. There's a reason that like you get little kids around and you leave them with a set of Legos and they start building or drawing or making games. As human beings, we love to create, we love to build. And we especially love it when what we build gives use and purpose to other people. And yet somewhere along the way, that gets morphed into this drudgery requirement occupation. And I, while I was out there, you know, talking the talk, I had a day realizing I wasn't walking the walk and I needed a complete rethink of what it meant to be successful. And as I went on that journey, I, and saw the success that it gave to me, um, kind of felt like I owed it to kind of the rest of the world to, to figure out how I could share that out. I mean, really that's a lot of the passion behind TL Partners today. Yeah, comes from a lot of personal experience. I get it. <laughs> I, I love the visual of um, kids playing on the floor with Legos. I think that's so, so yeah. powerful, especially because the, the root of work and education is this like industrial mindset of, Nine yeah. to five, you are part of a machine and, you know, your output is all that matters. Yeah. Um, and I do think recently more like faster than in other time periods, we are rethinking that. And mm. the pandemic is a big part of that. Absolutely. Gen Z is a big part of it. Um, we'll say break my soul and Beyonce was a big part of it yeah. too. <laughs> I love that. Love that. <laughs> she was our anthem for some time. So yeah. why not? <laughs> um, and it's just, it's really, it, it's, I think it's important to remember that these things that are challenging for us to navigate at work are not our fault. That work was mm. literally meant to be this way and we are breaking free from that mold. And some companies are doing it faster than others. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, that's why it's so important to start with the senior leaders. Yeah. Because without, there, there is, and I think there's so much that anyone can do in their work day to day, but the real transformations that we're talking about, at least to really make the change we're talking about, it is a fundamental rethink of the social contract between the worker and the work, right? Or the employee. Like we're not out here trying to squeeze out what, the most of what we can from people. We're making a bet. And this is just the bold bet, I believe, that the flourishing person will deliver more value than the squeezed out, depleted person. And you fundamentally need to believe that to make that bet. Now, I feel very fortunate that I have now at this point dozens of companies um, that I've supported either by founding or through um, through my work in PE um, as a portfolio company, where I think I have the data to prove that. But like you said, it is such a fundamental rethink of the social contract because we were built in a world in which the job of the people was to take care of the machines. Um, that really, even though now we've kind of figured out a place where machines can take care of us, we <laughs> our work is not designed um, with, with that in mind. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I love you calling out the reality of what we're up against. 
It's a lot. It's hard. We are all doing something challenging, but it can be rewarding. Yeah. So we're getting to the end of our podcast and I want to ask and see, are there things specifically for talking, speaking to leaders here, everyone's leader yeah. in some way, everyone, I, many people want to be leaders at least. Um, what can leaders do to start living more in this uh, truth of stepping into work to create energy, to provide energy, mm. to be energy? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll actually say three things. I'll start at the micro and, and move to the macro. So I think the micro thing is stop and take 10 deep breaths. Love Just that. do that. Do that twice a day, do that three times a day, do that whenever you feel overwhelmed. I promise you, you will be surprised. If you just make a commitment to like take 10 deep breaths between your meetings, you will show up differently. I promise you. I've seen that happen again and again. Um, the second thing I would say is take a moment to list out your values and ask yourself what decisions you could change to be better in line with them right now. Just one and see how you feel. Hmm. I'm going to tell you it becomes addictive to leave in line with your values. Um, hmm. So I say just one. You're, you're not going to stop there. And I think the third piece, and I think this is as applicable for like a little micro decision as it is for kind of the big ones, is when you're faced with something tough, a challenging moment, a challenging opportunity, think to the end of your life, whenever that may be. Imagine yourself surrounded by people you love, who love you, who care for you. You are proud and you have gained much wisdom you're ready to say goodbye. What does that person have to say about the challenge that you're facing right now? Oh man, that is a micro perspective, a macro perspective. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, important. That's, it. that's yeah. um, I, I think that's, those are really, really tangible things. So I appreciate you for that. Um, it's important to figure out the what we can do right now and how we can kind of shift our mindsets right now. Cause it is possible. Yeah. doesn't take yeah. a lot of time or money, but it does take commitment and um, integrity. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, can I steal that Gabby? Oh yeah. You yeah. take whatever Thanks. you need to. <laughs> this is a collaborative Stay effort on. here. There we go. There we go. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Well, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I've really, really enjoyed every moment of it. And I appreciate you for coming and just chatting all things wellness and in different ways wellness from how I normally yeah. chat. Um, if people are interested in learning more about you or TL Partners, where can they find you? Um, yeah, www.tlpartners.biz. Um, you find an overview of what we do. Um, there's like a contact form there. I'd love to get in touch that way or at least have someone on our team do that. Um, and yeah, or LinkedIn <laughs> always works. We love LinkedIn. It's yeah. a fabulous tool. Well, Thomas, it has been so much fun chatting with you today. Really appreciate you joining yeah. us. And yeah, I hope folks are learning a lot from our conversation. Yeah, thank you so much, Gabby. I think I, you you brought an authenticity and like an excitement to this conversation that like has made it a gift for me as well. So thank you. And to anyone who's listening, thank you as well for the gift of your time. 
I swear I learned so much from each and every episode on Capital P. If there is something that you are taking away from this episode, we encourage you to share it on social media, particularly our main channel on LinkedIn. Tag us, tag our guests. As always, thank you so much for listening, fam. We'll catch you next time to talk wellness in the workplace with other visionaries. You can find Capital P Tuesdays and Thursdays this summer on Spotify and Apple Podcasts with a brand new episode. Make sure to follow us and share with your favorite people people. See you next time. Mm-hmm.